Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is the full CHGO White Sox crew. On the far left in the John Prine shirt is Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Did I say that twice? Maybe. Maybe. Hammer at home, Sean. Hey, he's the White Sox beat writer for CHGO. I didn't even hammer home that you have a brand new article, too. Um, you can read the transcripts of your full interview with Pedro Grafol. You can also watch that yesterday. It's isolated now on our YouTube channel um, under videos. It's also a part of yesterday's live podcast. If you want to uh, go digest that on our YouTube page or if you want to go check out the podcast from yesterday. Um, great work from Vinny, and he's got an article up about Andrew Benatendi. The man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Acknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We are going to be answering your mailbag Monday questions today, even though it's a Tuesday. And we will jump into some reports about the White Sox coaching staff. So before we get into the reports, before we get into the actual moves, we heard from Pedro Griffol and Chris Getz that there would be moves. So this isn't surprising. Right, I, they did not go as far to say that, but we could we could read the tea leaves. For the, uh, well, you they kind of say they didn't, but via their phrasing, we kind of understood that maybe something was coming. They yeah. walked you there, but they right. didn't take you there. Exactly, mm-hmm. it's your yeah. job to open the door. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, well, uh, who's opening that door and reporting on this is uh, Daryl Vance Gowan and I believe James Fegan. Yep. Uh, James had the stuff on Kurt Hassler, uh, bullpen coach. Kurt Hassler is going to be reassigned um, to where we don't know. Maybe the moon. Minor leagues, I believe, is is what was said in the in That's the story. Very yeah, generic. Not, not the it's true. Maybe he's. I don't think he'll be going to the moon. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, true. I mean, maybe Kurt has a you know a long, long held desire to be an astronaut. Maybe, but I think that that would probably be his decision, not the White Sox. Okay, we'll figure it out. Um, but what we kind of theorized, or and I'm saying we. Um, putting the onus on you guys when I it was my thought and okay. my theory um, I theorized that it's maybe Charlie Montoyo but none of the reports are currently saying that uh, but what we do know is that Jose Castro and Daryl Boston are out as White Sox coaches and Chris Johnson has been reassigned so Ethan Katz is expected to return as pitching coach Eddie Rodriguez is expected to return as third base coach um, and then uh, Mike Tozar is still going to be uh, field coordinator Field coordinator uh, and Pedro Grafal manager. So uh, we now have to fill a spot for first base and the hitting coaching staff again. Yay. Uh, what do you guys make of the news? 
I like that Chris Getz is shaping the ball club in the way that he wants it. I would, of course, want Pedro Gafal to take some ownership and accountability for this year, um, even though I don't believe the whole weight of this year is on him. But it seems like if you got those old school, like uh, in the uh, NCAA football years where you're not, as the head coach, going to get fired, but you got to give a pound of flesh, one of your guys has to go instead of you going. So Mr. Castro shown the door and reassignment for uh, for Johnson. And then you get Debo, who was a cast over from Kenny Williams. And in my opinion, in most people's opinion, uh, who I talk to, that's Kenny Williams' dude. He kept him protected. I think he's been with the team like 11 years consecutive, 26 with the organization as a whole. So it's been past time for him to go because I don't know what he really did to improve the team's fortune. So I like that Chris Getz is making moves. I don't know if they're going to have any impact to the wins and losses, but I'm sure he's feeling like those people were either extra or and or not doing their jobs at the level that he wants to do, and he wants to get somebody else in those positions to shape the team in the way he sees the best for the team going forward. Daryl Boston gets, uh, you know, that reputation that you talked about probably because you see him on TV every night whenever uh, a White Sox batter gets to first base but Kurt Hassler very similar in that he had a he has a very long tenure with this organization working there as well so perhaps just uh, you know looking for some change looking for some new voices as we have seen being added to the front office maybe adding those to Pedro Grafol's staff as well make a little bit more sense let's remember too Pedro Grafol is the manager on the field this is his staff right perhaps it's more of him getting more of his guys in there or more people that he's comfortable with rather than them saying hey we are going to keep these guys and you have to figure out how to work with them but Jose Castro was a guy that was brought in to be a part of his staff as well. This was just uh, his first year here as it was with Pedro. Uh, the hitting changes are the ones that are the most interesting to me because if you'll remember back to yesterday when we played that interview, one of the questions that I asked Pedro was about how receptive the players, the offense, the hitters were to the coaching that they were getting. Obviously, the offensive numbers were awful this year for the White Sox uh, in total. And he kind of said, it's still a work in progress. We're getting there kind of thing. Now the guy who had been helming, both of them actually, in, in Castro and Johnson, who had been trying to make that progress, are now out. So part of the work in progress maybe is bringing in a voice that those guys will be a little bit more receptive to. That being said, remember what Chris Getz said when it was asked about Pedro coming back he talked about consistency and how he thought that would be helpful given all the changes that this group of players have had to go through in terms of who's sat in the manager chair well the hitting coaches have been flying out the door too here now so this is a lot of um, change on that front as well the consistency that he talked about wanting to keep with Pedro is not being applied to the hitting coach we'll see if that has a similar effect or a desired effect, uh, you know, one way or the other on what uh, those hitters are able to do and how they are able to be instructed to follow a different kind of approach, the one that Pedro and Chris Getz want to see implemented. I'm just laughing and bring back Frank Minichino. I mean, hey, I'd be we for had, it. We had 700 singles. It was one of the best, I think, quotes and clips that has ever come from the White Sox. Stay out of White Sox business. Uh, fuck the home run. Uh, Ball go far, team go far. Any other you guys want to throw out of 
Just uh, mired in mediocrity. This mired is some real recency bias from all of you guys. There were no good uh, Al Lopez quotes back in the day that people were. Uh, Would you like to con- contribute any? Well, Al I don't Lopez know any, but I'm well? just saying it might be worth delving saying, into. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a, about all these imaginary Al Lopez quotes. I mean, quotes come on. Yeah. Do not exist. I bet Al Lopez had a whole bunch of good quotes. Gene, Gene Lamont said something one time. He probably did. So did Jeff Torborg. Maybe. Bevington. <laughs> um, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> also, looking at the uh, chat, too, uh, people are asking. I guess one person is asking, uh, what's up with the trophy? And uh, Sarah responded, and Sarah Victor is uh, our producer today. Uh, but it's the 16-inch Media League softball trophy. Yeah. You won yesterday. You were part of the team. CHGO won. Yes, yes. CHGO. You were there. You mm-hmm. represented the White Sox. Great sound effect. Mm-hmm. How'd it feel? It felt good. I mean, I have been in that league, the Cup League, uh, for 10-plus years with 670 back in the day. Now they're, that group is called Odyssey as the whole seven uh, radio station group gets together and tries to beat people. They beat us in the regular season, and it was uh, kind of bad. They were the number one seed, and we had a good semifinal game the, right before the championship game, and so we just kept on rolling. Our offense was good. Pitching was good, solid. I struck out twice which is weird. I struck out looking one time, and the other time I, you know, on the second strike, I fouled it off. So You struck out looking? Yeah. Mr. I, Mr. Mr. and I quote watching every White Sox game with Herb, Mr. It's a good game to watch. Yes. Struck out looking. Uh, that's, that's wow. Not, that's a good catch right there. Wow. Um, I thought it was outside. It wasn't. I wanted, like, like I was cross-falling when I saw it. It hit right in the strike zone, but couldn't pick it up out of the pitcher's hand. No, nah, it was a three-two count. I like to let the pitcher throw me a strike before a I hit. Two count. I don't. I like the pitcher to throw me a strike before right, I hit. Sixteen-inch softball. Yeah, you're there to hit. The count. I'm up at the top of the order. I'm a, I'm I was on just base I'm like, I was a seven hundred. I was ball. on base seven hundred fifty times. Seven hundred fifty percent. This seventy-five percent of the time. And but this is why the team named me MVP. You know, I mean, what can I say? I wasn't named MVP. No, I was. I was. Oh, you? Yeah, okay. I was named MVP. You, you guys not because you didn't play? Because I didn't I, show up. Because I called it. Um, <laughs> no one else called it. Uh, have you drank a beer out of the cup yet? Last night we all drank. All right, some mercy. Did you wash it first? Yeah, we washed okay, it. Good. Yeah. Our man no farm. farm. You think they washed the Stanley Cup? No, I'm all for fun. I just want it to be. You know, not mm. followed up by some sort of horrible bacterial infection. Yeah, we, we just went through and <laughs> still kind of in a pandemic. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Vinny wants to avoid a, a pandemic. <laughs> Vinny wants to avoid. I, I was, I'm kidding. I know. Okay. All right, no gastrointestinal oh. issues for you guys. <laughs> Vinny's ruined the party. Um, yeah, I, I think that. I don't know. I mean, again, it's it's really tough to lock in and feel moved by any of these uh, changes like the Boston thing I think is something we wanted last year so it does feel like a year too late and I know some fans feel like it's probably you know eight or seven years too late Um, but again it's first base coach I don't know how defining that is I was excited for Chris Johnson Um, it seemed like this team was going to be geared up for the fastball and that's what I was trying to Mm. preach last year and man were they just as worse against the fastball so it's like did the coach not work because if he didn't he's being reassigned is it just because he didn't work at the major league level I don't know but also I mean that was part of the whole Chris Johnson lore was that all of these major leaguers were going down to AAA and performing better and being like hey this guy helped me down here why don't we bring him up here and then it happened and then it didn't work I don't know it, it, it's sour and I'm not excited for another round of coaching because didn't you just get the opportunity to fill out your hitting 
staff? Why do you, and you need did, to And they did. Right, and you yeah. need to change it again. Yeah, I mean, again, it goes back to uh, this is how I framed that question to Pedro in the interview we played yesterday, and I think you know it's something that it's something that Tony Larusa was the one who told us this, and and it really kind of the light bulb kind of went on. You know, pitchers they'll listen to anything you say. Oh, I can move my wrist one quarter inch this way, and it'll be different. Let me go try it. Let me go throw a hundred pitches like that and see how it works. Whereas a hitter goes, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I hit. I know how to hit. I, it got me to the major leagues. I can handle it, kind of thing. And it just seems that with some of these guys, the breakthrough is very difficult to make. We, who, who got, who had a breakthrough made early in the season? Luis Robert Jr. Right? We heard that he was thinking about things differently, and boy, that switch flipped in a big way, and he had a tremendous season. There are other guys on this team who maybe, again, we're not hearing names of who isn't listening or who might not be listening or something like that, but there are perhaps other guys on that team who have not had that breakthrough. And maybe it takes a different voice, maybe it doesn't, but you're right in that you should be hiring a guy that you are confident is going to do that, and the players themselves should be opening themselves up to a a person in a role of that importance at that level, right? So um, this is not White Sox... uh, unique you know what I mean how many years ago was it that the Cubs were going burning through hitting coaches one every year it seemed like I have a feeling that again sport wide hitters are probably not the easiest pupils to have um, but uh, it's the White Sox job to go find somebody who can make it easier and can really turn this thing around because while the White Sox on you know from going through hitting coaches might not be unique the White Sox's offensive numbers sure are unique and not in a good way <laughs> yeah, and, crossed. and I gotta echo what Vinny said that's always what I've heard is that you know major league hitters when they get to the major majors they're like mm, I'm good thank you for the con- consult I'll come to you you know if I need some help or something like that and pitchers are a little bit more re- receptive to listening to advice and so yeah and when you finish like 29th in the league in on base and or last in the league in on base and home runs are like 26, somebody's going to have to take the fall. And so those two guys, Castro and Johnson, are going to take the fall, which is fine with me because I thought there may be too many cooks in the kitchen there where people are just listening to so many people, different voices. And in Daryl's article, you can see he's, some players uh, source that and say, yeah, there's like so many voices. I mean, Mike Tozar is, I think, supposed to be the overarching voice they're supposed to be listening to, right, as the field coordinator. But if you're getting other people that saying, oh, maybe you want to open your stance, hey, you want to close your stance, you know, too many voices, too many cooks in the kitchen. Just simplify it. Give me a person that can tell me what my swing is, help me adjust to what I like to do in the box, and make slight adjustments, but not make a whole in-season type of uh, retooling of my bat. At bat. I'm not Paul Canerco because that was pretty much the only guy I saw doing that on a constant basis and using his pitching or his hitting coach as a resource where he used Greg Walker. I mean, I get and the, Frank Thomas was Walton Raniac too. Right. The line from Daryl's uh, article is Sox hitters were said to be split between multiple hitting voices on the staff. I don't know how to read that because I don't know if I read as in like they were listening to too many voices or if it meant like the hitters were broken up and had specific hitting coaches. Like did Chris Johnson have a group? Did Castro have a group? Did Tozar have a group? Like I don't know if, if there is way to shine I mean, that light or not. I just think that the bottom line is this, right? And we've talked about it over and over again. What were Pedro and these coaches hired to do? Take these guys who had, were un, who have yet to achieve their potential and get them closer to, if not all the way to that, right? 
And with the exception of one guy, the center fielder, they failed spectacularly mm-hmm. at doing that. Now, Pedro's, Pedro's getting a chance to come back. Again, you might, you might say, well, that's a lot to ask in one season. And, and fine. But Pedro's getting a chance to come back. When you fail to do your job, these are the these are the repercussions in a professional sports environment. So I'm not I don't know if we need to go in and and you know overanalyze like this guy didn't do this one thing and so now well, no, he's going to be fired. That. But it's like more like was it the way that the actual coaching was structured, having two coaches and like were the hitters split on those voices? And now Pedro Grafal's learning like, oh, maybe it is like Herb was saying, better to get one voice and have one instruction. Um, maybe it's less about the actual coaches and the job that Chris Johnson and Castro did, and it's more about you know streamlining the idea. I'm just trying to think of like what well, Pedro we'll tried to learn. Well, we'll see yeah. because is the replacement going to be one guy or is the replacement going to be two guys? You know, I mean, I believe. Uh, under Tony, they had two hitting. They had a, a main hitting coach and an assistant hitting coach. So I mean, is this a Getz thing where it's? I think there should only be one. Is it a Pedro thing where I think there should only be one? Or do they come back and just say, well, those two guys weren't the guys that were going to get the job done, so we're going to get two other guys. We'll see. They obviously still value Chris Johnson's contribute because they're reassigning him young enough to get right back to the major leagues eventually with the White Sox. But he, he did well, as you said, with the AAA team and people who used to go down there and get the rehab and get their swings right. I mean, the, the Gavin Sheets one is uh, the famous one, but a lot of people went down there and got, got right. I mean, Adam Ingle a couple of years ago uh, with Frank Menachino and his help. But, yeah, I think that they still believe in his ability to do um, what he does and do it well with the White Sox and that's why I believe my um, them just having too many people too many voices might be a, the thing I'm theorizing. Maybe they can figure out a way to reassign Gavin Sheets. Well, wow. Alright, let's take uh, no, let's not take a break. Uh, why well, would they do that Sean? What's that? Why would they do it? Lefty power bat. Lefty power bat. <laughs> I mean he's got all the power and versatility versatility and defense. Um before we take a break, uh, we're going to go and answer one question because it kind of ties into the breaking news. Um, this is, I know you don't like this word, Herb. This is an emergency oh, podcast. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Sarah, I don't know how you have all these questions labeled. Um, can you find the one from AJ? Uh, AJ had a very specific question, a very creative question. It was right there. All right. So, AJ, it's Baseball Kid who's hanging out in the chat. Uh, our CHGO diehards in the White Sox channel sent in their Mailbag Monday questions. We didn't have enough time for them on Monday, so it's Tuesday and we're answering them now. But AJ writes, if the entire White Sox 40-man roster were to compete in a Hunger Games-style battle royale, who would be the last man standing? Thank you, AJ, for the question. Again, very creative. And I know you did your homework, Herb. Yeah. And unfortunately, a wrench has been thrown into something. What, what, is, what are wrenches... Just is it wrench to my yeah. system? Okay, I don't know. It like get, it like gets in the gears of the machinery and makes yeah. the machinery it, stop working. It's a real a, industrial revolution kind of thing. The yeah. White Sox <laughs> threw a wrench in them gears. Yeah, uh, and they gummed up the works. <laughs> Tyler Naquin is no longer on the forty-man roster. Alex Spees, Spees, S P E A S, is now a uh, White Sox. Uh, he is a relief pitcher, left uh, right-hander, uh, former second-round pick of the Rangers back in 2016. Uh, debuted with the team this year, um, but was DFA'd Naquin for Spees. Uh, so I don't know if this changes your uh, answer to AJ's question. I guess Spees is kind of a wild card here. We really don't know how he would do in this sort of, you know, 
game, I guess. Yeah, I had Naquin because he's a bow hunter, avid you fisherman. You had Naquin? I had Naquin as the guy I would pick for AJ's question because the avid bow hunter, fisherman, shoots with a, you know, a sniper rifle, goes up in trees and does <laughs> things where he's like, Hunting out uh, ducks, I guess geese. Go to his uh, Instagram. No, I guess you don't need to go into it anymore because it's not a White Sox. But he was my guy. So now I gotta go to another guy who was born in the sticks. I mean, does Mike Clevenger not look like a person that can survive a Hunger Games style battle royale with the forty man? I mean, he looks like he fishes a lot, hunts a lot. Was born in the sticks, so he knows how to take care of himself. You know, can be naked all day long. Would love to be naked all day long to be camouflaged in the in Is the that woods. what happens in the Hunger Games? Hey, I was <laughs> just about to say, I was like, I, I mean, I they couldn't know. do it like PG 13, PG 13, but like, <laughs> you. you know, you know, not to, Isn't you that know, book for kids, Herb? Not, not to be seen by, I mean, they killed a lot of people. I would hope they was not for kids, but uh, <laughs> PG yeah, movie <laughs> just to be nice and camouflaged, you know, that guy just seems like the part, but Naquin would have been my pick, but I'm pissed now. It wouldn't be like somebody like all buttoned down like Andrew Vaughn. Well, I was going to say. You get killed first. Uh, he fishes. He loves to yeah, fish. Yeah, Vaughn's an outdoorsy man. He loves to fish. He was so and cool. that's sometimes all you need in the Hunger Games. I mean, it's not even all about being the strongest person. It's just who's going to survive till the end. It sounds like Sarah has some Hunger Games thoughts. I've, <laughs> I've read all the books. I, See? Yeah, no, I've. I, you I should could. be asking her this question. <laughs> some AJ. resourcefulness. Do you have an answer? Do I have an answer? My answer is going to be a plug uh, because uh, who. Or would what sort of valuable skill would you want in a Hunger Games style competition? It would be even if you were to be mortally wounded, let's say have the hammock bone in your hand broken, for example, uh, you would still to still be able to go out and survive and play 151 mm. games <laughs> under such conditions. Uh, mercy. Uh, so I'll go ahead and take Andrew Benintendi, and you can read more about that at allchgo.com. Um, I mean this in, in the Hunger uh, uh, game style. He's the first one killed. Um, absolutely 100%. Jason's common is so funny. He's from Cincinnati, the tough streets of Cincinnati, and went to Arkansas. Cincinnati's Who picks who? He knows how to call a pig. Yeah, he could get 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 himself some food, some hog meat. There are two answers <laughs> for this. I think Vaughn is is probably top ten. Benintendi is easily out of forty. That's 10. not impressive. That's fair. <laughs> but we brought up Vaughn. There's two answers. There's one man from literally the outback who has survived cancer, and I think Good could question. survive a fire. Good. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that there's anything that this man couldn't survive. I think he's baseball's Terminator. Liam Hendricks is absolutely in the top two. But who is he hunting? Who is he going up against? You have to have pain tolerance. You have, I, I think your, your 150 game point is all right. You have to have pain tolerance. I think you have to have a showing of pain tolerance, um, not only like on the back of the baseball card, but also physically on your body. So Brian Shaw, I mean, he went through a back tattoo. He pitched every single day. This man never complained. His walk in music is literally, I'm still standing. Boom. And I was on his Instagram. I'm pretty sure he can ride a bull. Oh, interesting. So okay. I would go Brian. Mechanical Sh or real? Real. Okay. I would go Brian Shaw v. Liam Hendricks. Those relievers are very weird. I think those relievers are kind of the the out, you know, kind of the fringe lunatic fringe guys. Ooh, Red um, Rider. Oh, you know, very good song. Yeah. A great opening. Um, <laughs> you know who's getting killed first? Ben Attendee. I said no, that. No, Lane Ramsey. 
Oh, because he's too tall. He's a oh big target. He's everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like. But he could, that's kind of that's. But that means also he can see everything that's coming. Right. He can hide behind a tree, and he's. Very I would think skinny. that he is. He could hide just like this. <laughs> he could be stickman. I was going to say Lane Ramsey is my second choice actually because he can just see everything that's coming. He's so tall. And two, I mean, maybe he can pull like a Slenderman thing. Maybe he can scare opponents. Uh, you don't know what Slenderman is. By being no. skinny. Well, yeah, Slenderman is is as you could tell famous he's, killer. Is slender right? Well, no, it's like a, it's it's like a, a video, video game. game. It's, oh. Yeah, it's a video game thing. I'm very glad to have Sarah here. I have someone I, I young. Yeah, yeah, but hey, finally, you, <laughs> we have something go to there. go off of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, her brow numbered by Gen Zers here. It's it's even. It's a fair fight, <laughs> two to two. Um, but yeah, I'd go I'd go Shaw. Um, AJ says just seems like a freak. Uh, Brian Shaw seeming like a freak, uh, respectfully. Um, or Liam Hendricks. But thank you, AJ. Uh, a very uh, a creative question. Any other uh, things you want to throw about a Hunger Games White Sox f- fight here? Mm-mm. Let's let you know about our friends over at Ray Chevy. Um, we know that Ray Chevy. Ooh, Roger Bossard. That's who I'll take. The sod father. <laughs> yeah. He ch- literally he can, can change the terrain. He can listen to the ground. He, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'll go sod father. Are you in the market for a new or used vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you because Ray Chevy in Fox Lake has joined the CHGO team. And uh, when we were talking with the team at Ray, uh, they let us know about the Ray Price Promise. Again, we want to clarify, it is not Ray Price's promise. Correct. It is the Ray Price Promise. 50s country music singer Ray Price. It's not, not his, involved in this whatsoever. Not his promise it's a guarantee that the price you see the ray price promise again not the ray prices promise uh it's a guarantee that the price you see online is the price you pay when you go into the dealership we found that in many cases other dealers will raise the price on you when you come into the dealership asking things like are you a recent college grad are you active in the military are you a farmer and in most cases the answer will be no. No. Um, and that's when other dealers will raise the price on you, saying the price online included limited rebates that you do not qualify for. At Ray, that's not the case. The price you see online is the price you pay with no add-ons to the price ever. And in fact, Ray will do everything possible to find additional savings for you, which may make the price lower than you see online. As one of the top-selling dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories. And right now, you can save big at Ray Chevy during their Truck or Treat savings event because zero. 0% is back and now available on new Silverado trucks, the perfect tailgate vehicle. So come on in to Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake and find the vehicle you've been searching for. And best of all, pay zero hidden fees with the Ray Price Promise, not Ray Price's Promise. Visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com, serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. Also, want to let you know about our friends over at Circa. Very excited about this uh, brand new sponsor. Go show them some love. If you have not signed up for their app, go sign up. It's a, another sports book here in Illinois. But I think it's such a breath of fresh air here. Um, I'm going to nerd out if you'll let me. Yeah. Um, I was in Vegas in August when they invited us out for their Circus Survivor event. Um, it was incredible to see uh, their uh entire i would say production but there's probably a better word there um operation operation um it's incredible to see such a great actual sports book there in vegas the iconic uh circa swim our stadium swim but i had so much fun betting mlb there um and it's because you go in and it's like i just think this team's going to win and you are going to get a fair line offered on either team to win usually you go onto a sports book um and you would see let's see the braves usually minus 200 or more 
What Circus strives to do is make that close to minus 110 as close as possible. So you pay less of a VIG, so you are winning as much as possible, right? If you want to put $100 down, you should be able to get close to minus 110 whenever possible. And that's what happens with Circa. I don't love when most sports books uh, push same game parlays and Circa does not do that. Circa is about who will win games, if the game will go over or under, uh, if the spread will be covered or not. Uh, player props are usually uh, put out near uh, day of the game for Circa, if, if at all. I mean, usually Super Bowl is, is a thing, but um, it is truly about uh, retailing to the better. And I think it's so great to have Circa in Illinois, because especially they want you to odd shop. And if you can find a better line, go bet it somewhere else. Because again, they want you to pay uh, the least amount of egg possible. Download the Circus Sports, uh, download the Circus Sports Illinois app at circusports.com slash Illinois app. Circusports.com slash Illinois app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-426. 3573. Wait, that is n- all of those numbers just completely mixed up. 1 800 426 2537. Text GMB to 8333234 or visit com. Sounds gambler friendly. It does sound gambler friendly. Um, I already got the app. No there you problem. go. Um, I, I signed up today. Going uh, tonight. Let's go into our next question. Um, and Christian said, I'm looking at the lineup. We need 15 new players. I think we've counted 13. I mean, 15, <laughs> 15 players would be more than enough for one lineup. So, Right. Uh, uh, if, you're looking, if you're just looking to craft a lineup and you need 15, he, he fair, he, you, might, he, be, you he, might be in the wrong sport. He corrected it to roster. <laughs> All right. Oh, he did. Uh, right. but Sorry. Let's go to, um, I think it was Sock's mom who had the question about uh, number one uh, acquisition priority. So if we got 13, 15, 40 new people to add to this roster... If you are Chris Getz, what is your number one acquisition priority? And shout out to Sox Mom. Again, she's a, a CHGO diehard. I see her in the chat right now as well. Um, and you could sign up at allchgo.com if you do want to jump into our Discord. But uh, if you are Chris Getz, put on your Chris Getz uh, mask. Uh, I just always think of your said he's uh, Rick. Chris Getz is not uh, Rick Hahn in a Chris Getz mask. Uh, if you are Chris Getz, what's your number one acquisition priority? Starting pitching. Starting pitching and maybe some more starting pitching. Uh, This is a team that has, from a reliability standpoint, a dependability standpoint, one guy in that rotation right now. Michael Kopech, high hopes, sure. He's going to be out there next year. I I don't doubt it. But he has so many question marks right now with what he's going to be able to do. You cannot guarantee anything from Michael Kopech right now. Dylan Cease finished the season really strong. I think there's reason to be confident that he is going to be a dependable, reliable, and effective pitcher for the White Sox next year. But that's where that conversation ends. There are three holes in the starting rotation, in my opinion. They might think that Nick Nestrini can do what he wants to do and infiltrate the starting five come uh, spring training, but I think that would be a big ask given the small amount of experience that he's had in AAA, Davis Martin, we know, is still going to be coming back from the Tommy John surgery. And if Garrett Crochet wants to be a starting pitcher, that's going to require some time in the minor leagues once the season gets started next year. So you need three guys to fill that rotation for next season. Uh, that should be where Chris Getz's focuses lie because while you might look around the diamond and have question marks on all those guys besides Luis Robert, you might want upgrades everywhere if you're a White Sox fan. What 
is guaranteed is that the guys who have underachieved and gotten hurt all the time that are throughout the lineup are better than absolutely nothing. They are better than not having a player go out there and play at all, which is what the rotation looks like right now and that they do not have anybody to plug into those spots. So I think starting pitching has to be the main focus for Chris Getz this offseason. I echo that, and I want Brian Bannister and Chris Getz to come together, and maybe if they're not going to shop at the top of the market with the starting pitchers, go for a person like A.J. brings up and Jordan Montgomery, who's pitching right now in a playoff game, and go and see if you can have your system of pitching and analytics and where you want to pitch in the zone, where's the spot where hitters are missing right now, and find the uh, advantage for the pitchers. And if you have a pitcher in mind that does the things that your uh, brain trust in Brian Bannister and or Chris Getz and or Ethan Katz believes in, Go and sign multiple versions of that. But I would, my thing, if I was Chris Getz, I would sign the top pitcher in the market. And to the top pitcher in the market for me is Blake Snell. So it's a lot of money. And I know probably somebody is disagreeing with me with Nola might be better, whatever. Go and sign the best pitcher because you don't have a number one right now. I believe in Dylan Cease, but right now, if you're telling me next year he's your number one, I'm like, yeah. I would rather him be at number two and prove it to me, like 2022, that he is that guy than the 2023 season where it's not really sure if he is that guy. Um, I hear you guys on pitching, but the Brian Bannister ad tends me to believe that they're not going to go out and spend big money on a free agent pitcher. Um, you see Gabe Kapler getting fired. Uh, even after a successful 2022 where they won over 100 games for a Giants team that usually was trending out, you know, replacement level players for the most part. Rodon and Webb are really the only true starters that the Giants employed. I'm not sure if the traditional starters and the rotation and especially what we saw from the 2021 team and Tony LaRusso's five guys that went out there every single day and started like what I mean like over 700 in mean, yeah. yeah um you know Rodon Lynn Geo Cease and who's the fifth guy in 21 yeah I don't, I don't know what this Cease Rodon Gilito Lynn Gio-Lin. and uh well it was Dallas Oh, right. Yeah. It was Dallas. Okay. Yeah. Dallas Cueto. Who's, yeah. Dallas Cueto. Yeah. Dallas Cueto. Yeah. Who, who, who's in the playoffs now? Not Dallas now? Cueto. That no. was 22. <laughs> who's Dallas Keiko's in the playoffs now? But I think he's injured. Um, who knew? Anyways, uh, I, I think that they can get or will get fairly creative uh, with their rotation. I am so sick. So sick of right field not being addressed. Okay. Just once he hits the, uh, uh, the, the free agent market, I know this isn't sexy. I know this isn't Herb saying Blake Snell or Aaron Nola, who could be a number one ace. Go sign Adam Duvall, okay? This man hits homers, he hits the ball hard, and he plays decent defense. It's a White Sox signing because he's old and because well, he's old. But I think it's a White Sox signing. I, I smell and see one, and I, I wanted him last year, and he was good with Boston. I'd give him a shot. Can't you just get Hunter Renfro and be the same thing? Sure, if you want Hunter Renfro, I'd rather take Duval. Okay. I'm just saying, like, veteran, right fielder, good arm, decent speed, can do the same job that 
Adam Duvall can do. Uh, Duvall's Pro- a better f- defender, I think. I mean, he's been playing center field. He's got a decent arm. Um, I would I would think that he's probably more versatile. I think that he could be uh, some Adam Eaton with pop. I but mean, that does make go. sense. I mean, it's a rental. You're not keeping Duvall for multiple years. And maybe it's a two-year deal with the second being the team option. So, And it sounds White Soxy, too, where you're just trying to plug in the right field spot just so – Hey, we're not. We still believe in Oscar Colas. We're just bringing in Adam Duvall for a little competition, you know. And then at the competition, it's Adam Duvall wins it all the way because he's the veteran. He's got a veteran contract, so he's going to win that in right field. So I'm not too far off of that because of the White Sox bringing back the worst right fielders every single year. But also, I would like to aim higher than just Adam Duvall. I get what you're saying. You're being realistic. But let's go higher. If we're not going to spend on pitching, let's spend on the right fielder. Here's why. To be fair, there is really nothing. No one. I'm going to tell you, Sean, why we're right and you're wrong. And that is because, no, and and this is is a serious point, even though that was hilarious, what I just said, and I almost made Herb spit beer out of his nose. Um, Adam Duvall, for the point that Herb was just making, is a – end of the offseason wow look at everything that we were able to do to put this team in a position to succeed and to contend in 2024 right as we sit here right now and to a degree i think as the white Sox sit down there right now it's unknown whether they're going to be able to get enough done to feel the contending competitive ball club next year right Mm -hmm. the first step toward doing that is getting starting pitching because yes. if you if you go out and get Duvall or whatever, you know, one or two year contract right fielder to make your 2024 team better guy before you get that starting pitching and then you don't get all that starting pitching, then why did you get that guy at all? Right now, if you go out and get starting pitching that you're happy with, even if it whether it's whether it's Blake Snell or Aaron Nola or all the middling guys that you were talking about or what probably makes sense, a combination thereof, right, um, because they need their need is so great there. Um, if you do that and you check off that big item on that to-do list, then you're like, okay, I'm feeling that, like, maybe now we are just an Adam Duvall away from fielding a contending team here. But I think it does need to go in some sort of order, even though that's impossible to plan for because you have 29 other teams that are trying to earn the services of these free agent players. Especially Adam Duvall. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, again, I, I don't foresee a world, especially after what Jerry said, where, you know, he said 10 years. Again, that's not an actual realistic number because no one's ever signed a pitcher to 10 years outside of, like, when free agency existed, which he would remember because he's old. Um, but I, like, I just, I don't think that you could go to Jerry Reinsdorf as Chris Getz, not even in your first year, in your first months as general manager and go do something that your predecessors weren't able to do. People that were sons to Jerry Reinsdorf. Go sign a pitcher worth $100 million. Never did it. I don't see why this year is going to change that. And maybe Montgomery isn't that. Maybe Montgomery doesn't break $100 million. Maybe it's Giolito. But, like, I don't think they're getting a number one. I think they view Cease as the number one. Unless they move Cease this offseason, which I think we'd all be shocked at. Oh, very much so. But, I mean, that's their their prerogative to think that he is number one because he's shown tendencies to be that. But, yeah, I would say that to 
put most of your faith in Brian Bannister and him shaping the starting rotation. I think that's what you were talking about, where you're getting more Shape lower the levels. Staff. I don't even know if you can even call it a rotation at this point. Yes. Like, I mean, it, it might look completely different and new to what a White Sox pitching staff has ever looked like. Yeah, and so I would think if you're going to have available monies, and it looks like they have enough money to make a splash of a player, might as well go and get that rotation pieces if you just want to spread them across and get lower people like say Sonny Gray who's not a lower person even though you know he's up there in age like 33-34 get him get Jordan Montgomery get the I mean you can get the former Royal what the Mike Miner is he still around or something like that go and get a former Royal if because so you get Brett Saberhagen yeah go and fill out your Royal uh, (laughs) Brian Bannister oh wait your, your Royal quota and get one of those guys but James I would think they would. No, oh, Wago G. Um, I think I would, Mike Miner's gone. Yeah, so I would think that you would just spend the majority of your offseason, the money and the time on the starting pitchers because otherwise you're going to be not lying to Oscar Colas, but you said he has a chance to compete in spring training. If you bring in a right fielder who is a veteran in a one-year deal – he might say he's going to be competing, but he, that other guy's going to be starting. And there's no other spots really to fill that they're not going to be – if they're not going to be trading I mean, any of these like, players. Like, what, but what, they're all your, coming back. What's your point with Colos there? You had a chance to compete this year. You had a chance – you I were would, the opening day right fielder. You should have done your job. I would be doing – Romy Gonzalez was the opening day right fielder. Yeah. I would be doing anything to Fair. in my power to trade Oscar Colos because obviously they don't necessarily like the player and they wanted to make a point – to the player by sending them down twice, which they rarely do even once to their up- upcoming prospects. And they wanted to make a point to him. So they're probably moved on from him, even though he's still going to be in the organization if they can't move him. So I would just say that that's, I mean, they're saying in the media, hey, you know, he'll have a chance to compete next year. Go to winter ball, do that, do this. And we'll uh, see what we're, go- we're going with. But just to do all that stuff, have Brian Bannister reshape the, pitching staff and then go out and get Adam Duvall's like ugh just dun, 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 eh, it just feels bad it feels like we lost why the, the, the second free agency opens White Sox sign Adam Duvall Oof. boom there you go oh. what 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 God. you got a deal done you got a right fielder that's no. great no that's setting the market and going after it as Vinny said Adam Duvall is a oh, goofy and I hate to make this analogy because it's kind of sexist maybe it's at you're at the bar Late, oh no! I don't like where this is going. Late at all. night, late night, and it's getting close to closing time, and you're just looking around. Oh no! I gotta go. I gotta go with somebody. I want to go and talk to somebody who's of the opposite sex or the same sex, and I need to talk to that person late because it's two a.m. The lights are about to come on. They're about to kick us out. That's Adam Duvall. I gotta get some That's right field to the play. I gotta be. Honest. You're That's doing this. You're jumping in the do- in the door at ten o'clock. It's like Adam Duvall, come home. Let's go. Let's knock it out. 10 o'clock in the morning? No, 10 o'clock p.m. You're like... The bar doesn't open until 10 p.m.? Yeah. Oh, my God. You get there early. You're like, hey, Adam Duvall, let's get out of this building right now. That's what they did with Mike Clevenger last year. Well, and you know what? I heard the... What? They signed Mike Clevenger right when, like, free agency started, pretty much in November. Yeah, and when that happened, I don't think we... When, when the Clevenger thing happened, we did not know about the incident that would later be known in December. I am pretty sure that both you and I said... 
good. I'm glad that you understood what you wanted out in the market and you went out and get it. That's at least what I said. So go and do it with Adam Duvall. I'm fine if they go and do it again. Again, Clevenger, pitching-wise, was fine. I was down on You've got record. a great transition opportunity here, Sean. You oh, going to yeah. take it? I know. Yeah. Uh, especially, uh, you know, that bar probably had Goose Island. Uh, Not what I was going for, but okay. What are you doing with? You were answering a question that is on the list, on the question list. Now we've brought everything to a halt. Do your ad read and we'll get to him. It's a question. (laughs) (laughs) Which one are you talking about? Oh, okay. All right. Let's go to other Sean's question. Will the uh, the we already had the honk. Herb, hello. This is a hypothetical bar that uh, you're picking up Adam Duvall in. Yes, at ten o'clock, right when the bar opens. What but are you it drinking? Does it open until ten o'clock? Hey, that's a good bar. <laughs> What's up? What are you drinking? I'm, of course, I'm drinking some three one two from Goose Island. There you go, Chicago or CHGO and Chicago is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. Their beer roster includes that three one two Wheat Ale, the Full Pocket Pilsner, uh, the Beer Hug Family, and you could try those samplers with all of the four different beer hug fam, uh, family flavors and the Oktoberfest because of course it's October now it's actually October yay uh, so grab an ultra fresh brewery exclusive beer at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown Goose Island Beer Company Chicago's beer and the events that we have coming up with them um, are our tailgates uh, we just had one on the first I'm pretty sure there's one for the uh, Eighth, the Vikings, the fifteenth, because they they play on Thursday this week. Uh, The fifteenth against the Vikings. There's also one on the twenty second against the Raiders, and on November 9th uh, against the Panthers. Very fun, and Mm -hmm. especially because it's all you can drink Goose Island there. So uh, come out and uh, drink some Goose Island with us at our CHGO tailgate. Uh, Check out allchgo.com for tickets there. Sorry, you moved your hand. I wasn't sure if you were talking. You're all good. Uh, Also, want to let you know about Shady Rays. Uh, Take on the stomach gear belt to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with warm weather head. With premium polarized shades at an affordable price, Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by loss and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, a total state will send you a brand new new pair no questions asked you can wear your shady rays with confidence because they were back long after your purchase and if you don't love your shady rays you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days there's no risk when you shop their team always has your back and exclusively for our listeners shady rays giving out their best deal of the season go to shadyrays.com and use code chgo for 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized shades try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people so let's go to other Sean's question here because I should have did it there. Uh, the White Sox were quick acting in a way this offseason. Again, uh, November was a fairly early signing for the Sox when they got Mike Clevenger. They acquired Andrew Benatendi in around the middle of December. I want to say December 15th. It's when it was uh, initially reported. Didn't become official, I don't think, till after the new year. Oh, right, because yeah. he was on vacation. Correct. Yeah, okay. So, uh, but, it, you know, he... he seems like they, they they figured that deal out in December. Um, the question from other Sean, though, is um, do we expect Chris Getz to be active in free agency early, uh, or will he be more patient uh, than Rick Hahn? So uh, what do we make of that? I think that uh, 
Chris has to first learn the business. Like, he's flying blind when he first goes to that general manager's meeting in early November. He has to understand that people are going to be trying to take advantage of his youth, his inexperience, and getting some things from the White Sox that, you know, a veteran-savvy general manager would never let fly. So he has to hold his powder and make sure that he's not out here just moving deals because he has to make a statement. So I think he's going to be relaxed, calm, collected, and understand that, you know, let the game come to him. If he sees a player that they want to acquire and they have a game plan for that person, cool, go after that person if they're at the top of the market, at the market where you're trying to set in November, or if you go to the winter meetings in December, cool, make your moves. But I don't want to really see him diving headfirst into the trade market or anything like that because it's just way too much for him right now. He has, as we said, minimum 13 spots to fix. Decisions with Tim Anderson, decisions with uh, Liam Hendricks. Way too much stuff on his plate, and I don't think he has enough manpower right now to actually do all the stuff that he needs to do because at the end of the offseason, I think February, we're still going to be like, man, we still need this, that, and the other because it's a lot of things for him to do. I think that in those moments when – Rick Hahn, in, in the recent years when he was the GM, signed guys early in the offseason. I always thought that was kind of a positive thing. I mean, it was the White Sox identifying players that they wanted to have part of their team and going out and getting those guys. And, uh, you know, it, it, the question was framed, oh, will he be more patient than Rick was? I don't think that that was a lack of patience. I think that was the aggressiveness that fans always wanted to see, right? It wasn't sitting around on your hands and waiting until January before the, you know, it's a week before camp starts and you're just like, oh, what's left? Let's see. Like, this was the White Sox needed a fifth starter. They went out and got a guy, whether you agreed with it or not, they went out and got a guy that they thought was going to be the, the guy that would fill their rotation and give them exactly what they needed. November. Yasmani Grandal, right? That was the, at the mo- at the time the biggest free agent contract they'd ever signed because they identified him as a position and a player that they needed on their roster. Did it end up working out? No, obviously it didn't. But at the time, these were aggressive moves being made because they were players that the team identified as filling the needs that they had identified they had to fill. And so take all the beasts that you want with how those contracts ended up playing out, how those players ended up working out or not for the for the team those were positive moves because it wasn't playing the game right it wasn't it wasn't um submitting to the way that the market is going to flow and seeing how things play out and giving other teams the opportunity to jump you on those players it was we want those players we're going to go get those players and in those cases they did i'm sure they tried to in other cases and it didn't work out as well right but those to me were positive moments it doesn't mean that one way is the right way to do it in one way it isn't right you can very well wait until february when camp is about to start and if the player that you want is there and you end up getting him on your terms well then congratulations you did exactly what you were supposed to do in the offseason right but so I, I don't think there's really one way to do it but i would think if you're a white Sox fan you would want to see moves like that in that time period in the offseason because then you know that the front office is going out and saying we needed to get this done we want to get it done right away and we don't want anything to go to chance yeah and I thought the Yasmani deal when it was done perfect deal because he was a big time free agent White Sox needed a catcher because at the time Chase McCann was doing well but 
he wasn't for the future. We've seen in his New York and Baltimore days, he isn't the catcher for a team that be comp- uh, competing. I thought Yasmani Grandal pretty much played up to his contract. Awesome years his first couple years, terrible years his last two years. And so I didn't mind him jumping the market to get him because he was a top market catcher. That's the only reason I didn't I minded with Clevenger because who was checking for him? Who was getting him? And you could have had – there was other fit starters available when Michael Walker was available until, like, February or, or March. Yeah. I mean, but then again, with the Clevenger thing, I understand what was revealed in December changed our, our, our feelings about the player and the signing. But we saw in 2021 that they fooled around with Jock Peterson and it gave him Adam Eaton. Like, yeah. if you have an idea, your first option – He's your first option for a reason. And if you're off by a million dollars, who cares? But that's like... Go get the guy that you want. But if that guy is sought after by other teams, yes. Go get your guy. Who's checking for Mike Clevenger? Who was checking for him this year? Who's going to be checking for him this offseason? A lot of people. But last year, he's coming off a pretty subpar year with the Padres. And right, who was but, but, who, but was that a bad said, signing? Why, why are you no. bringing up the Clevenger signing? Because like it seems like the Clevenger signing, again, outside of what happened in December, you didn't from have a to, pitching standpoint, was a successful signing. Because you didn't have to sign him at the time you signed him. You could have had. You could have signed Mike Clevenger. But now you're saying you want him to play the game. You want. You want. You want it to be. The, the I, point I was making was that in those instances. The White Sox under Rick Hahn said, I don't care about the 29 other teams. I'm going to go do what we, we need to do. Forget about them. When you're, whereas you're saying, like, oh, well, you could save yourself a million dollars or two. Like, you, you're advocating for them to spend big. No, it I'm advocating matter if for they're them, paying Mike Clevenger more money. If they're going to get a player. They wanted Mike Clevenger. <laughs> they went and got him. Yeah, it's, Just because you didn't doesn't mean they didn't. <laughs> I, I thought the pitcher wasn't good last year with the Padres. And to go in November and sign him was like, why are we rushing to get him? You could have still got him in December. It's He's the guy they you, wanted. It's value. You know, you, you can get what you want anytime you want but it's what you pay for it it's when you pay for it like to get him as the first one of the first moves in free agency seemed odd to me you could have got a similar player to Mike Clevenger there was a there's a bunch of Mike Clevengers in March or in February for you to get if you missed on Mike Clevenger you still could have got Michael Waka, as I brought up but maybe they didn't got, want Michael Waka. they should have maybe they wanted Mike Clevenger <laughs> much better um <laughs> And he pitched, and he's going to be a free agent again this year. That's another candidate for the White Sox to go and get. I just say, like, if you're getting a bottom of the bottom of the rotation pitcher, which they were signing him as, right? Why are we rushing to get that bottom rotation pitcher? That's all I'm That's saying. The guy they they feel, but like again, like there there was connections with Cats. Like they thought that they could work with that player. Okay. I don't I don't know. Like they didn't think they could work with Michael Walker, and Clevenger didn't fail. It seemed like Clevenger and this team had decent success. So like I don't I don't I don't know. I, I, I like the aggressive nature. I like the, the, the Grandall signing. The Keiko signing made me run around uh, the score offices like a, a nerd. Um, yeah, but that was the Keiko signing was in December, middle of the, after the winter meetings. That's fair. Yeah, right. that's I mean no, but I'm just saying like like not in January or February when you were saying. I mean, that's when Waka was signed. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, to rush out to get a guy that was – you didn't even think was a top-of-the-rotation pitcher was a little foolhardy. I, I you could have waited. I, I am for if it's the 26th man, if it's the first man, if you have the idea that this player is going to be a part of your roster, you should go and get them. That That's that's my feeling. I – you know, I, I'm fine if the White Sox go out and are aggressive, um, you know, as, as other Sean was asking, if, if it's – 
plays out similar to, to Han, I'd be fine with his aggressiveness. My issue with 2023 is the fact that they got two guys. They got Benintendi and they got Clevenger. That wasn't enough for this team. We knew that at, at that point. And obviously, you know, this team did not have enough depth. This team did not have enough major leaguers to actually be competitive in the elephant in the room of the American League. So you have been cool with them getting uh, Benintendi in November. Not the player, sure. just when. At but they, also they, they, in December, who who is knocking on Benintendi's door? It seemed like the large amount of Major League Baseball. I don't w- explain. You're, what you're are those saying mean? you're you're saying exactly what I'm right, saying. Right, I know, but I'm just I, and I've bashed the Benintendi signing to a point where it makes want Vinny want to drink. Yes, like I I I was very clear that this is not the guy to sign, mm-hmm. and they went out and signed him. Mm-hmm. When they signed Clevenger, I said this is a fine signing, and then the stuff in December happened, and that changed my mind on the person. But he was a fine pitcher in 2022, three. I don't understand what you're trying to say here. They Sometimes the- they make bad talent evaluations. Yes. But I don't think the talent of pitching for Clevenger was a bad evaluation. The result and they didn't overpay because now he's going to opt out of the, the contract in he signed. the process. I don't understand what process this, it should be. When we go in this offseason, who's going to sign first? Are they going to sign all the bad pitchers, the fifth starters, or is the top pitcher going to sign? And then everybody falls in line to where that, that number is. It you depends know, on what you need, though. The White Sox didn't need a top-of-the-rotation pitcher last they year. They always need a top-of-the-rotation well, pitcher. But they didn't think they did. They had the that's, guy that was coming off the second and the third. That's why they're 40 games below well, five. You're, just saying, again, you're talking like, about if a team needs if a team is going to go out and get the best available player at every position. I'm they just, didn't think they needed that. They thought they needed a fifth starter so they went out and signed well, a fifth starter also this team is is budget conscious again like uh, let's let's play a little i'll play a circa sportsbook here the over under is at 79 and a half million dollars for the 2024 budget over or under 79 and a million and a half i'll, I'll set that as the over under because that's the, for the whole offseason for, for no 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 for for the 2024 budget again uh, Jer- jerry reinsdorf mentioned the 180 million dollar budget um that this team had for 2023 will it be over or under that number over, over or under 180 million. 180 million for the team. Right now, I believe with the team, the players they have is around 120. We'll see. I don't know. I, I absolutely don't know because I, it yeah. to me it's it's what present what opportunities present themselves and what they end up wanting to do. They've got so many needs right now that they could go in 800 different directions right now. And so one of those directions could be, oh man, look at all these expensive players who fall, fell in our lap that we have the opportunity to sign to make this team a lot better. Then maybe it is over that. But also it could be a boy, we really didn't get the targets that we wanted to get. We're probably not going to be competitive next year. Why don't we keep it low now and then we'll go, and then we'll worry about this again next year that could be an option too or it could be any number of ways in the middle so i think that's an impossible question to answer it's an answer or at least a question i wish i wish gets was a little bit pressed more on just because I, I wish there was more of an idea because i think the issue is you think it's going to go over right yes um it has you're, you're, you're kind of undecided you're, you're really unsure and i think it's going to be under again I'm, I'm pessimistic this team has never signed a player over a hundred million dollars so why do i expect them to be setting the market i don't i think they have a limited budget so they are going to because they have a limited budget they have a limited amount of targets so why do they have to worry about if the yankees and mets are fighting over blake snell when they're not fighting for blake snell and they could be going and getting guys you know they have to fill 15 players for their major league roster like i i wish that they were operating with a with a bigger budget i would love that i don't want andrew benatendi i would rather brandon nimmo and i tried to make that uh, obvious last offseason and if jerry reinsdorf wants to spend more more money i'm fine with that um but I just, I just don't see that being the opportunity. So, again, like I, I'm fine if they want to be quick acting because, again, I think it's, it's because of the budget 
that they're acting quick um, and not in the way that you want them to as like, you know, market setters. Right. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, and, I think that's where the and that's where you get the 11 playoff appearances in 120 plus years. You don't spend money. You're not going to get success. Yeah. And I'm, I'm all for them for this team because they don't develop talent either. So they're, they're just bad at both. Yeah. So either spend money or develop talent. You don't do don't miss out on both. Absolutely. Um, let's go to Austin because I think this is kind of uh, setting this up. Um, what's the ideal game plan for the Sox to set themselves? Uh, what's the ideal game plan for the Sox in 2023 to set themselves up for long-term success? I guess we've kind of touched upon this. Obviously, player acquisition. Uh, what, what else would you like to add? I, just, I think they've taken a step in this direction already. I think some of the big moves that they've made has been adding these guys to the front office because those are long-term moves, right, to try to get this franchise in a position where you're not just thinking about the next offseason, but you're thinking about all the seasons to come. Um, having those people in place is a big part of that. Uh, you know, you talk about long-term success, it's a little harder to do. You know, you don't necessarily look at this offseason's free agents because how many of those guys are going to be part of long-term success. It really is working on all facets of the organization, which Chris has talked about. Got to get that minor leagues looking a little better. You got to get, uh, you know, the right coaches in to get the guys that you have under control playing up to the ability that they should be playing at. You know, Luis Robert Jr., check, but there's a lot of boxes there that are unchecked. So um, those are the long-term things. And really those are things that, again, Rick Hahn tried to set up five years ago at this point and you know by bringing in that talent they're in a position where they're probably unable to do a lot of that right now because they don't have they can't make those same kind of trades and so it is about setting the infrastructure up to be a little bit more uh you know to have a better payoff in that department um there are players out there you mentioned top of the market players who you can sign to big long contracts and that counts as long-term success but we haven't figured out whether the White Sox are going to be primed for short-term success yet in, in 2024. How does all that puzzle fit together? That's why this is a difficult job for Chris Getz. Set themselves up with long-term success is to do a rebuild. Tear it down to the screws. Just to have everything gone. Coaches in the minor leagues, scouts, all gone. Trade players off this current roster and do it the way that Chris Getz and Brian Bannister and Josh Barfield, et cetera, et cetera, want to do it. I think most White Sox fans would be kind of upset about another rebuild, but if we're talking about long-term success, that's how you do it. You have to start from the basics, the fundamentals, and teach them the way that Chris Getz would want them to play baseball. I don't agree with his hiring, but he's the guy. So... I would say this right now, what they're doing and going in forward for 2024 is that middling stuff that they did for so long under Kenny Williams where they're competing, but they're not. They're finishing second and third. They give a little effort. They win 80 games. They lose 70. They win 76. They win 83. They win 87. You know, not good enough to win the division, but also... Eh, all right, season's like the, the season the Cubs had, right, this year. 83 wins type of thing. That's going to lead you into years of that, just years of just being mediocre until you realize, hey, we should do a rebuild. Get that started now. Get it started now. I know we have Luis Robert. I know that. And we already just discussed they're not spending big money on acquiring talent to help Luis Robert out. So let's rebuild and get back to being better at baseball in four or five years because at this point are we going to be better at baseball in four or five years when Luis Roberts gone no no I understand um 
I did like the quote from Getz where he said, for me, it's coming in here and figuring out foundationally where we are within different departments so we can avoid these extreme swings, kind of what you're talking about, going from 83 wins to 76 to 87 to, you know, 81. Like, let's try to build a winner, especially with the elephant in the room being the AL Central where no one really wants to take control of uh, that that very, very uh, finicky elephant. Um, And I I don't know, I, I just think that, what the White Sox need to do is spend, period. I, As somebody who has seen Jerry Reinsdorf operate, um, it doesn't seem like that's going to be what happens, but I would like them to spend in the research and uh, develop, or the, the uh, analytic department, um, the research and uh, what's the, the D? Development. Is it research and development? Yes. Okay, well, I don't know why I'm guessing myself. Um, but uh, this is from Four Ring Sports Solution. Uh, they had a Major League Baseball R&D staffing as of August 27th. Full-time analysts and engineers. Uh, Oakland has only eight. Colorado has 11. Miami has 11. The White Sox in Kansas City has 12. Uh, St. Louis and San Diego at 14. Uh, Arizona and uh, Los Angeles Angels at 15 uh, at the top. Tampa Bay and the New York Yankees uh, with 44 and 43. Um, and two from 2022, you look at the top 12 teams, uh, Eight of the 12 teams are in the playoffs right now. Um, so I would just like to see more, more nerds, more nerds, and then also more uh, athletes and studs. You know, like I would like to see more talent on the field and more nerds in the seats. Uh, so I, I don't know. I just would like to see more spending all around with the White Sox. And again, I just I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if this is like if Kenny Williams is the son, Chris Getz is the grandson, and maybe Jerry Reinsdorf is a little bit more uh, giving to the grandchildren rather than the kids. Uh, so hopefully, fingers crossed, Chris Getz can get a big bag of money from Jerry Reinsdorf. Uh, let's go to uh, the next mailbag question here. Um, we went through other Sean. We went through Austin. Uh, we got AJ. We got Sox Bomb. So final one here uh, from Ian. Chance of Geo being on the opening day roster. Um Kind Gonzalez, Gio Gonzalez. Yeah, hey, yeah. Uh, whoever you'd like. He's been here multiple um, times. I, I think he meant Lucas Giolito, uh, but you know, Gio Gonzalez, Giovanni Gonz- uh, Soto, Giovanni Soto. Even though he spells his name differently. I mean, whatever Gio you'd like. I mean, could because he didn't pitch particularly well with the Angels. Pitched a little bit better with the Guardians, but I don't think he's, you know. It's kind of like that old movie, uh, just the two of us, when he's separated from his from his guy, Ethan Katz. He can't pitch anymore. He's like screaming, "Give me back to Katz, please!" And since Katz is coming back, Gio can be like, "Hey, I'm comfortable with this place. I know what uh, Ethan expects of me. They'll pay me. I think probably over market because they need three starters. Probably." There's a good chance for a reunion, and I don't think there was any bad blood between the people because I think Lucas Giolito was a top-notch guy. I know they had that little, you know, uh, scuff up about the contract and the um, arbitration years, but I think uh, coming to an agreement for a Lucas Giolito one, two, three-year, maybe a three-year deal with a fourth option sounds good to me, and I would actually... I would like it. It would be good if Lucas Giolito came back to the White Sox. I think he looks weird anywhere else. <laughs> and so we would also have to get Ronaldo Lopez, too. Son of a bitch. Of course. I'm kidding. He's uh, great. Uh, that all makes sense. The White Sox badly need starting pitching. They have an existing relationship with this guy, and he seems to have fallen, if you want to use that word, to a level where it would not be an outlandish contract or an outlandishly expensive contract to bring him in. All that said, you don't see those kind of reunions very often nope. in, in baseball. You don't see a guy get traded away and then decide to come back on a free agent deal. Um, but here's the bottom line. Money. 
That's what it'll take. It'll take uh, the White Sox offering him more money than any other team is going to offer him. And that's up for Chris Getz and his front office to figure out what that number is going to be. It might not be prohibitive, right? It's, I'm not saying they have to overpay for him or anything, but Lucas Giolito is a smart interested in the business side of baseball kind of guy and he's going to go to the place that is the gets him the best contract as he should as he has earned to become a free agent if the white Sox are that team then that's where he'll come if they are not he'll go to the other one herb stole my answer and i don't even know if you need geo i'd love to see ray low back and i know i know he feels more comfortable or at least he's told you that before in the bullpen i know Uh oh I know he used to be a starter, and there's a reason he's been moved to the pen. Mm -hmm. But look at Seth Lugo, 2023. Before this year, he was a starter, but then for the past five years or so, he's been in in the bullpen, and in 2023, he's been a really successful starter for the Padres. Look at Michael King. Past five years, he's been a reliever. Then this year, he's uh, successfully transitioned into the starter for the Yankees. Reynaldo Lopez, again, we, we don't bring up the LASIK enough. This man could not see the zone. I think he can throw more strikes now that he can actually see the catcher. Wouldn't that be the first thing you would say to a coach? How you feeling out there, Raylo? Oh, well, I can't see. <laughs> You'd think so. You'd think so. But I, I don't know. Why did that take so long to, to figure out? I don't know. And another and example for you, Michael Lorenzen. Michael Lorenzen, too. Was he? He was, a, he was a reliever in Cincinnati and some with the Angels. He became a starter with the Angels. Okay. But, right. like... His Cincinnati days, he was a reliever for the most part and a spot starter. Yeah, he debuted and then yeah, debuted and then went to the the, the pen as a starter. So yeah, I mean, and grab a bat every once in a while. Um, true. Hey, uh, <laughs> that's why he stuck around. Uh, hey, might might be Michael Lorenzen is the number one acquisition for uh, Chris Getz this offseason. Remember when Herb said he didn't want two All Stars being added to the Sox rotation? That was what weird. I say. Sonny Gray too. Sonny Gray and Michael Lorenzen. You were like, yeah, that offseason sucks. <laughs> <laughs> two All Star pitchers. Amy con- Jordan Montgomery. In proper context, I, I'm sure I said something different, but I get it. I, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I probably did say that in totality, but I would think I was probably saying somebody else I want, and then I don't want those other two. I have the transcript right here. It says, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> those quote. guys are terrible. Um, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I'd go for Raylo. Um, we're going to take one more final break, and then uh, we're going to wrap it up. I uh, want to let you know, though, about Splash Sports CHGO's weekly pickaxe and NFL Survivor Contest for everyone to participate in for real money. Head to SplashSports.com CHGO. The link is in the description and sign up deposit cash to get started and it's just ten dollars to enter either the chgo weekly pick uh, nfl pick x contact and chgo uh, survivor contest the more who enter the larger the prize we'll be running weekly contests all year long so be sure to keep that link handy we got games coming up on thursday and the bears are playing against the commanders and if you want to run your own contest if you're tired of being the commissioner on leagues chasing people down with none of the rewards you could sign up to be a commissioner right now through our link and earn money for the contest you're already running with your friends and family so head to splashboards.com chgo to join in we have different contests coming out so we are so stoked to compete with and against you all be sure to click our link in the description or head to splashboards.com chgo to 
enter. And finally, we want to let you know about Fubo. Uh, I liked Carm's joke. Uh, the only thing that you couldn't watch on Fubo last night was the Softball Media League. Um, but you can watch 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news with our friends over at Fubo TV. Stream, stream live TV from any device, and you can watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. And you can start watching immediately with a free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. Our favorite feature is the thousand hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge, and you can watch local teams while you're traveling. Uh, we got college football coming up this weekend, Friday, Saturday. Um, for that, you got Big Ten. You got, you got Mizzou and LSU. Got Mizzou and LSU. Undefeated big, Tigers. Go Tigers, both of them. Both of them. Well, no one. One of them particularly. Okay. Yeah. Right, well, I guess for you guys, LSU but, lost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Florida State. And I don't like Brian Kelly. Um, you could also watch. You the like NFL. his family. <laughs> my family His fake accent uh, and uh, you can watch the NFL uh, the Bears I guess uh, NFL Network or Red Zone uh, you can watch all of your favorite college football and NFL with Fubo go to www.fubotv.com slash chgo that's fubotv.com slash chgo to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro um, alright final thing I wanted to bring up was a stat and uh, kind of to plug your uh, article here Vinny since 2021, here's my thing. We had the interview with you had the interview with Pedro Rafal yesterday, and Pedro mentioned you know it was usually a two or three p.m. decision on whether Ben Tendi was going to play. And when he has a healthy full off season, we will see him return. We will have a full episode about Ben Tendi tomorrow, so you don't have to have a rebuttal here. But here's just your stat of the day, and why I think that's kind of BS. Since 2021, so this takes in 2021, 2022, and 2023, there have been. 212 players who have seen over 1,000 pitches at the plate and have over 50 barrels. The average slugging percent for those players is 2.5 on barrels. Who has the lowest slugging percentage on barrels out of those 212 players? Is it Andrew Benintendi? It's Andrew Benintendi. (laughs) There are three players with a slugging percentage below 2 in Major League Baseball out of these 212 players. Uh, Again, a slugging percentage below two. Riley Green at 1.981. Dom Smith at 1.893. And again, the Major League average on this is 2.5. Andrew Benatendi is nearly a full point below league average since 2021 at 1.652. So Andrew Benatendi, again, if he's healthy and has the strongest hamata bone in the world, Boom. I still don't think he's going to slug him and knock him out of the park. That's just my theory, uh, but we'll dive into it more uh, later tomorrow. Uh, check out Vinny's article before we get into that tomorrow at allchgo.com. Uh, there also is the full exclusive interview with Pedro Grafal, so make sure you check that out and listen. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Um, I know that right now the tides don't look good for the Twins uh, losing. losing. Uh, so it seems like they might win their first playoff game since 2004. They are the Twins. Um, their but, first playoff game since Sean was alive. Yeah, right. Uh, shout out to KPW. Uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, that can change. Um, did they win before from 1997 to 2004? Was that really the first? No, playoff? they won in 2003, I believe, too. Okay. All right. So th- not the only. They don't have one playoff season or playoff win since I was alive. I wanna, I'm going to check that. Anyways, talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye.